Welcome everybody to the Didn't Hate a Movie podcast. I'm your host today. I'm Josiah. I'm joined here with my two buddies here <laughs> that will introduce themselves now. At the same time. Uh, this is? This is Lewis. This is Zach. And I'm from DA. And I'm also from DA. Wow. They're home field advantage. That's what we got today. Home field advantage. Yeah. So we got some uh, cool news for you today. We're going to be talking about the strike, but before that, we got a couple bits of new movie news that. You're talking about the strike, like, um, like Jake Jake Paul. <laughs> Jake Paul Nate Diaz fight? No. Oh, I'm I'm ill prepared, folks. Yeah, it was going to be a fun show. I know what you're asking, Josiah. Who cares about the strike? Not Zach, <laughs> So, to be clear, it's the SAG. It's the SAG after. You can say it. You can say the yeah. word SAG after. SAG after. Strike. Uh, also, the WGA, the Rider Skilled Strike. So, we'll be getting more into detail, kind of just talking about what's going on and what our opinions are on that. Because everyone's yeah. got an opinion. And it may be a very emotional. I'm just kidding. Zach gets very teary eyed when we talk <laughs> this subject. So. Of course, he does think we're talking about Jake Paul, so there is that. <laughs> That's why I'm not in the red chair today. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I put him over there a little darker. Yeah, you know. in the little corner under the tree. Yeah, Baby yeah. is currently in the corner. <laughs> so That's your nickname now, Baby. Baby's, Baby Zach. Baby Zach Smith. I like it. So anyways, we have a couple of bits of movie news for you, starting with, I believe, the A24 pictures that are going to be. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about that. So these are the films that SAG has allowed to be filming, because mm -hmm. uh, I think they said they abide by the terms that they sort of set. So yeah, and they're kind of independent, so yeah. like they're in a different they're like indie films. Yeah, indie films. So with a whopping budget of twenty-four million dollars. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it's so, funny how that's a small budget. That's a micro yeah. budget now, you know. So according to this website, uh, these two projects, which are Mother Mary starring Anne Hathaway and Macaulay Colin, Macaulay Culkin, is it? Know. Is it? Nah. Uh, I thought it was Kevin. Oh, well. I thought he was back. I don't know how to say that name. Oh, Michael uh, Cole, like um, <laughs> that has an A at the end though. Michaela. We'll just Ma put it on screen. Michaela. Michaela Cole. Michaela Cole. Yeah, we'll put it on screen and then yeah. you can just be like. That's you can make fun of us later. Welcome yeah. to the podcast where we pronounce everything bad. Wait, so is this like a? Oh, this is going to be a bad joke. I'm probably going to have to cut out. Is this like a Virgin Mary like prequel story? Is that what this it is? could be? But hmm. the other film is called Death of a Unicorn, starring Paul Rudd and Jenna Ortega, and it's going to shoot soon in Hungary. You know, that's based on a kid's book, isn't it? Hmm. Death of a Unicorn. Yeah, maybe not be a kid's book, but it's like a novel. I want to say a very sad kid's book. It's well, <laughs> I want to say it's pretty crazy actually. There's some yeah. crazy stuff that happens in that book. It's it's who yeah, Paul Rudd and, unicorn and Jenna dies. Ortega. Jenna Ortega. Wow. Yeah. So. Indie films. Indie films. Um, yeah, th that's what's funny. I'm old enough to remember when, like, $200 million movie, like, that was news, and people would be like, oh, my God, that's, like, one of the biggest, like, budgets you can think of. Yeah. And now it's, like, $30 million's, like, micro-budget. Yeah. That's kind of strange. So, yeah, according to the website, that those two films from A24 and, like, 39 other shows and movies are allowed to shoot yeah. that are indie. Yeah, I know one of them is The Chosen. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. Dallas Jenkins is uh, kind of show running, and, and that's pretty cool. So. Yeah, and there's a Matthew McConaughey film, a Mark Wahlberg film. Is that Matthew McConaughey one? Is that the one that's going to be directed by Mel Gibson, or is it? No, nah, it's the Mark Wahlberg one that's going to be directed by Mel Gibson. Indie films. Yeah, yeah in indie films. <laughs> what was it about? Do we know? Uh, I cannot tell you what Do this your moment. own research. What's is the what name? Do yeah, you have a name? What? The Untitled Mel Gibson Project? It's not untitled. It's called Flight Risk. So I'm guessing... Flight Risk. Ooh, should, we, should we speculate what Flight Risk <laughs> is? We, we shall. And it's uh, Mark Wahlberg? Mark Wahlberg. I think it's Pain and Gain on a Plane. Directed no. by Mel Gibson? Directed by Mel Gibson instead of uh, Michael Bay. <laughs> I yeah. think it's uh, it's a um, like a um, army movie. <laughs> <laughs> Could kidding. be. Yeah, I don't know. No, it's like Mark Wahlberg is, is did a crime and he's running... He's a flight risk. He's a flight risk, yeah. It's like The Fugitive. That's what I was trying yeah, to say. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why I said army. <laughs> I mean, it's like, like an army or the opposite of that. What are those? It's like the army. I mean, like your local army. Yeah, like more of a statewide <laughs> army, yeah. Uh, a but militia, yeah, cool. if you will. According to Variety, it is a pilot transporting a dangerous criminal for a trial. It's transporter? 
but Mark Wahlberg on a plane, plane. <laughs> on a plane and Mel Gibson directed it. Yeah. That's kind of fun. <laughs> I'm tired of all these fugitives on these planes. <laughs> I'm tired of all these Mark Wahlbergs. <laughs> I just hope that Mark Wahlberg jumps out of the plane. And then he jumps back in the plane. I yeah. hope so. I hope it's that scene from Uncharted where like Tom Holland's like crawling <laughs> over the cargo and stuff. Yeah, in and a world gets, where physics doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, that's pretty cool that they're allowed to film. Yeah. Um, so that, that gives us hope. You know, we're filmmakers. We make things too. So that's like cool. Yeah. But also, we're indie. We're independent. So we're, Mark Wahlberg. You, you know wanna... how we were saying in indie? Well, we're indie. Yeah. Like no hand movement yeah. required. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're indie. We're indie. Yeah, they're $30 million indie. We're $30. Million. $30. <laughs> I always say it's a ham sandwich budget that we operate on. We're, we're, a we're on a micro with a zero <laughs> as an O. Yeah. Micro. Micro. Oh. Like we can't afford the O. We yeah. had to substitute yeah. a letter there. For we zero, can't afford yeah. the vowel. Yeah, yeah. no vowels. It's a vowel. Yeah. But that's cool. So A24, the people that brought us uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. Yep, they're allowed. Indie films. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I like a lot of A24 films. So. Yeah. So that's Well, good. they're like the lighthouse. Um, what was the? The Fox Searchlight. Search yeah, yeah, Searchlight. Yeah. Like, they're just rebrand. I mean, they're not, but they're just. Yeah, like they're that. just a different. Well, what's funny is like IFC used to be the big like indie brand. And then there was a certain point where like, I feel like IFC started losing its quality. Like. People just didn't really care there. They they became like kind of what's more some, obscure. What's some IF, uh, IFC? That's one for independent uh, film company. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I hope that's what it is. That if if not, we're gonna start our own IFC, and that's what it's gonna stand for. <laughs> There's two things that are uh, important to know about this podcast is I pronounce things bad and I do not understand acronyms. <laughs> yeah, and there's a third thing. Usually Zach will be like, there's two things and there's really only one. So <laughs> that's, that's the third rule. That's 90% of the time. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so that brings us to the next, next bit of movie news, which is also related to the strike and kind of what's going on, right? Yeah, Sonic 3, it's shooting without actors. Sonic 3, the documentary about the restaurant. Yeah, about the restaurant <laughs> Wait, and the, the hedgehog. the guys? The guys. Yeah, like, like the Sonic guys in the commercials? Are you old enough to remember that? The, you remember the Sonic guys? The, the two dudes are like, I like this shake, and they kind of know you. Yeah. 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 yeah, those guys. I used to think that me and Josiah would take like that. take over their roles. Yeah, like we'd step into that. Yeah, Sonic, I mean, give us a call. But anyway, Sonic 3, you could also give us a call. I hear you don't have any actors. So right quick now. side note, I only tip Sonic car hops if they skate. <laughs> What if they bike? What then, if they bike up to you? Dude, I'm double tipping. <laughs> yeah. I'm tipping 5%. What, yeah. if he, like, <laughs> what if they're on a skateboard and they just grind on the hood of your car? That's a 15% tip. That they give you? Yeah. They yeah. Give you that. That, isn't that how Good Burger kind of opens? Like, hit, hit a car and now you're working at Sonic for the rest of your life? Yeah, yeah, yeah 100%. Yeah. But yeah, so Sonic 3, they're starting shooting without actors. Yeah. I, I think that's something that's going to be a little more common. Yeah. Kind of makes sense for a movie like that. Yeah, I saw like uh, set photos. They just had like the mannequin stand-ins for like Sonic <laughs> Knuckles and Tails. In the middle of the it's a pretty funny picture. I might put it here because it, it's just like the one that they released is just a guy like I don't know, like touching up the paint on Sonic's back or something. I don't know. It's, it's you know what they could, you could just hire puppeteers like. Oh, I would take a Jim Henson style like. Would you like? <laughs> that's gonna be creepy. Like I a, mean, any creepier than Ugly Sonic? But that was a marketing ploy. Yeah, it was 100 percent of marketing. Okay, so little side bit, because we've never gotten to talk about this, because it was over and done with by the time we started, right? Ugly Sonic, right? They come out with this Sonic movie, they put out this trailer, it looks all wrong, they immediately fix it. Everyone goes, ah, oh, they listen to the fans. Do we believe that, or do we think it's a marketing ploy? I don't know, because, like, they, you know how they have the mannequins, like, as placeholders for Sonic 3. The mannequins for Sonic 1 looked exactly like Ugly Sonic. Fair I enough. Can we buy one of those mannequins? Side note. Who's making Sonic? Is uh, it not Sony, but... Is it Universal or Paramount? Par not... It's on, might be Paramount. Paramount, I give us a Sonic whoever statue. Yeah, whoever owns it, we want the Ugly Sonic one, please. We're willing I to play. We're willing to play. Yeah. Was they took John Ralphio 
and they mocapped him. That's true. And then they're like, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> they're like the hair Ugly Sonic right. kind of looks like uh, John Ralph. Why we got to insult wow. every actor every time we do a I'm podcast? I'm not insulting. In, in plus, it's the last, last time we called Matt Smith inbred, and I yeah. feel like now I still owe an official apology to Matt Smith Now you're that. saying that John Ralphio looks like a mutant hedgehog. No, yeah. I'm saying that John Ralphio in hedgehog form is a little mutant. Well, I actually agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Ben. What's his name? Ben John Ralphio. I'm sorry. Ben Schwartz. Ben Schwartz. Is it Ben Schwartz? I think that's his name. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> if I got that right, you'll have to go to uh, DI and donate. Yes. And support ten the podcast. Bucks, ten bucks. Ten bucks. If not, Zach will donate to you. I will not donate to Each you. Each and every one of you. But yeah, so that makes sense for a movie like that. Like I guess, but. Wouldn't you think, like, you know, we're filmmakers, but we're, you know, indie without the air quotes. So wouldn't you think that you would do, like, I guess you would do the CG parts first, and then you have yeah. your people come in and stand in. So it makes sense that you do that, and then whenever the strike hopefully ends. I don't need, like, why even film? Like, why don't you just do CGI? <laughs> I guess, like, they're using, they're still using the real backgrounds, or just putting the real, or the CGI characters. So they're just out there getting B-roll? Pretty much. With, well, they're doing like their background plates and like. With James Marsden cutouts. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny is like, do you think they're holding tennis balls where like the mannequin Sonic is supposed to look for James Marsden? You know how they would yeah. normally do that for the wow. human actors? We are in the wrong universe. We are like regressing now, aren't yeah. we? <laughs> I will say, like, side, another side note, and then we need to get into the whole. Side yeah, the stuff. real meat of it. Um, is James Marsden's ability to act like with a Against tennis a, ball as his acting partner. He loves it. Beautiful. I, we've said this before on the podcast, like his agent that got him for Hop was like, hey, you remember how much you loved Hop? And he's like, no. He's like, you want to do it again, but Sonic? And he was like, yes. yes. And he showed up and he thought it was the drop in. Yeah, he was like, so I'm one of the guys, I sit here with the shake. They're like, no, that's us. He was like, it's better than dying a thousand times in Westworld. That's true. He was great in Westworld, though, as another side note to the side note that we were on. But yeah, so that's interesting. So that kind of brings us to the meat of uh, this podcast. What we're going to talk about is kind of the strike and, like, what our opinions are on them. So disclaimer there, we have opinions, and you may not agree with them, and that's okay. But also, you can leave. Um, <laughs> so, Zach, tell us a little bit about the strike. I pointed Zach because he already told me that he was like, so are we talking about, <laughs> was it Paul Logan? <laughs> no, Paul, no Paul. Not Logan Paul. I know so Jake little Paul. about, if, unless it's in movies, I don't know a lot of pop culture. I know yeah. pop culture in movies. Well, luckily, they are in movies. <laughs> I, unfortunately, <laughs> they are. You haven't seen the YouTube movies? So, no, I try not to watch YouTube movies. <laughs> so, my understanding is, is actors um, are mad that studios are selling their residuals away. Like, well, they're selling to other companies, which in turn makes them lose residuals. Is so that right? It's not right, but is it wrong? It's a little wrong, too. It is a lot about residuals. So my understanding is... Um, SAG-AFTRA sat down with the producers union, and I'll probably put it on the screen. I meant to memorize it, but it's a long acronym that's like WMP something. No one's And I'm not it. good at acronyms. Yeah, me neither. So, <laughs> and who cares about the producers guild, you know what I mean? Like, so uh, I, it's the first time I heard of it, but they sat down with them, and basically they're asking for a bunch of stuff. The two biggest items that I find most compelling are they want some guardrails on how studios use AI, and they want residuals for, and really the writer unions, the WGA, they're the big ones on residuals for streaming shows. Because yeah. currently, if you have a show on network TV and it's syndicated, uh, the writers, certain people get uh, the royalties and the, uh, what would you just call it? Yeah. The residuals. Yeah, the things that made um, Seinfeld rich. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the things that made Jerry Seinfeld rich and Gina Louise Dreyfus more rich, yeah. yeah. Um, those kind of things, residuals. There is nothing on streaming right now. So that's one of the standouts for me is, how long has streaming been a thing? A long time. How long has the union been a thing? A long time. Why are we just now talking about this? Uh, because of the office. 
Well, maybe so, maybe so. Yeah. I've seen a lot of actors come out and say, you know, I was on The Office and now I'm getting no residuals, which I have some opinions on that, by the way. But I don't believe people who are on The Office deserve residuals. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You're going to say that to Mindy Kaling like that? Come on. A hundred percent to her. A hundred percent. going to say that to Steve Carell? A hundred. That is uh, the only reason I don't like what? The Office. What? what? Well, so, we have you. to do this side one. He, that's the point. You're talking about striking? I would strike uh, him, the boss. What's his name on the show? Michael. Michael. Yeah. I would strike Michael. Not Steve Carell. I love Steve Carell. <laughs> Especially in... He just hates his body of work. Everything <laughs> else he's in. <laughs> so, so let's say... So there's a lot of different things that they brought to the Producers Guild. Uh, they wanted better uh, health insurance, more access to health insurance, things like that. Um, for yeah. me, the two standouts are... AI guardrails and um, especially when it comes to like scanning in people because currently um, and I guess we could talk about this too uh, a lot of the background actors from WandaVision you mm -hmm. know that show that is like okay but it's a Marvel show like big show I mean it's, it's fine it was fine it was fine well it. a lot of people are coming out saying that they scan their likeness like all over like 360 scan and they never signed a contract on it so, okay, let me ask you this, though. Like, what's the difference between, well, there's a big difference, between, like, them getting 30 extras and then, like, uh, 300-ing it, like, and copy and pasting it in post-production mm -hmm. to, like, them actually scanning people and copy and pasting it. Well, I think the big concern is, and so, like, what's funny when you talk about the strike, like, I've done a lot of research and read a lot of articles, and it really boils down to they were asking for a lot of stuff but that's one of my opinions on this is I feel like the message is a little muddied from the union because if you're talking, we don't want you to scan in people and use their likeness forever, that's really, I think, a big crux of it is the idea is if they scan you and you don't have a contract that's like, hey, every time you use my likeness, I get a, a royalty or a residual, yeah. they don't have that in place. So the worry is WandaVision scan people in and now they can use them in Marvel properties and they don't get paid for any of it. And that's already happening in a lot of games and stuff like that. Yeah, well, I, it's very similar to like several years ago, um, like musicians, like studio musicians, they're creating a way for them to uh, earn royalties. Like if you sampled that track, that mm -hmm. the guy who played the guitar like 10 years ago would still get residuals if they used that guitar on another song. Yeah. And they were using... Um, if you do Fast like, Car, Tracy yeah. Chapman gets a lot of the residuals. Well, and she does. Yeah, yeah, yeah which is good. It's just set up that way. Which is why she came out and was like, this is a good thing. <laughs> but but what good. I'm talking about is like, the, the, the guy who played guitar on the Tracy Chapman uh, oh, okay. original track, like every time that song's played or sampled, mm -hmm. he gets residuals off of that. And it's, so it's kind of like using NFT uh, technology, like the non-fungible tokens to like, is that to create. Yeah. <laughs> to, to create like an underlying code that triggers every time it's used to right. uh, trigger re residuals. Um, so I have a couple of opinions on it. And, and so I'm not a perfect person and my opinions are a little split. So like I'm an artist, but I also kind of like I'm a businessman. I'm a business major. That's what I do. I'm a bad one, but that's what I do. So uh, I come at it from two different perspectives, right? It's like on one hand, I love the idea of like that, like you work on a film, you put in like around here, around DAI, I talk about sweat equity. I talk about like profit sharing. That's something I believe in. Like, I don't think you should clock into a job that you hate for a company that you can't stand just to make ends meet. Like, I don't think that's our purpose in life. So I, I think we're supposed to work. I think there's something in us that wants to work. Yeah, but, we're, we're wired that way. Yeah, we're wired that way. But like we should invest in the company the same way the company should invest in us. And that's not the way it works most of the time, right? So like my opinion is I, I'm big on residuals, but also like I've seen a lot of background actors come out and be like, yeah, I was in one episode of The Office and now The Office is syndicated one of the biggest shows of all time and I don't get residuals. And it's like, yeah, but you were in what, like one episode in the background. I don't know. Well, and then I, I was, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I was like watching a thing about um, J uh, Josh Peck, right? He's the good one. Well, yeah. he's the one that's not in jail currently. Okay, okay, yeah. So he was on his podcast. He was talking to one of the one of the guys. Um, 
I forget that guy's name, but he was in one episode of Jack and Josh and um, had one line. He was like the the bar hopper, a waiter. And uh, anyways, and he was talking about like, he still gets checks from Drake and Josh, but Josh doesn't. Okay, now that's messed up. Yeah. But see, how did that happen? Like, and that's one of the things I'm on the fence of. It's like, so the union uh, has been around this whole time. Streaming has been around for a very long time. What, 15 years at least, right? In, in the way that we know it now. And we're just now starting to like, standardize and regulate residuals and be like hey maybe the main character of a show should get residuals if mm -hmm. bartender like how does that happen in a contract well that josh was explaining it like because they were kids oh yeah. that's that's a good point mm -hmm. yeah that's something i didn't think about too so they were under 18. Mm -hmm. so that's why they don't get residuals on that show. Well, that's messed up. So yeah. you mean to tell me the Stranger Things kit? This is all conjecture, by the way. So yeah. So if you're going to write Mr. Netflix, at least do some research of your own. But uh, all the Stranger Things kids, like, they're just going to be poor one day? Probably. I mean, that's Well, true. I mean, let's be clear. Uh, Finn Wolfhart is already poor. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's got ghost boosters. Ghost boosters, yeah. yeah. No, I don't know. That's the thing. Is like I don't know and I don't understand these contracts because I, yeah. like, honestly, uh, podcast world, YouTube world, TikTok world, I don't understand how shows and movies make money other than advertisement on TV. And now yeah. that they're on Netflix, it's like, there's no way. Like, we talked about this the other day. The uh, first Netflix show, or like the YouTube show, yeah, is like uh, Cobra Kai. Cobra We're Kai. talking about that. I'm like, I don't understand how Netflix says, hey, I'm going to make a movie for $100 million. Right. H how many subscribers do they have to have yeah. to... Uh, well, so that brings us to, like, the state of Hollywood, because I think that's one of the th reasons, like, this is happening right now, right? This strike and everything. It's because everything costs $200 million. Yeah. And then we talk all the time, like, Bright was that first movie to me. You remember That's Will what Smith? we're talking yeah. about, Bright. Yeah. Uh, fairy Labs Don't Matter Today. Um, uh, that was that first big budget Netflix movie that I'm like, okay, in the normal world, you spend 90 million and you have Joe Edgerton and Will Smith and a buddy cop like fantasy movie. Yeah. Throw that in theaters, you're probably gonna make your money back. But you throw it on Netflix, you're not gonna make that back. You're just hoping that the subscribe, it's like a pyramid scheme almost. Cause it's like, you're hoping if you do the content or I guess the people are here and the content is is the part of the pyramid that falls, right? Because you're hoping that your subscription base will circumvent the cost of making all the stuff. But then like now what's happening is like Netflix, they're not making as much money because they're not making as many good things and they're spending too much money on stuff. Well, and people are sharing. Yeah. Well, the share economy sharing, yeah. like kills it too though. Yes. It's like this, this um, avalanche effect um, it's a pyramid it's yeah. it, you know that episode of the office i know you're probably not a fan but there's one good episode where like uh michael's trying to get them to like invest in something and jim starts drawing yeah. it on there you mean michael the boss is breaking ethics yes <laughs> every episode that's the premise of the office it's a metaphor it's well, a metaphor for so, so no, <laughs> no the sidebar it will like i think the reason i don't like the office is because i'm a business major uh, well, I have a degree in business, marketing, and management, and I'm just like, all these ethics that you're breaking. See, but that's why time. I like it, because it's real life. <laughs> True. How many companies have you worked for that is pretty accurate to the office? Uh, zero. I, at least five you for never, me. You never had like a boss walk up and like, no, I'm, I'm like, the, I've always been the boss. You never had a boss in a fat suit come up to you and be like, um, I forget the fat mic. I think it's just fat mic. I'm fat mic. Okay, maybe I worked at a um, unrelated, <laughs> a fictional store called Hibbits. <laughs> now I'm gonna have to get that out. <laughs> fictional. Yeah, it's a rabbit, Hibbit. Hibbit the rabbit, not the sporting goods store. I've right. never. I'm 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 kidding. I'm scared. That was, that was a joke, folks. That was a joke. So, Lewis, what do you think of all this? You're quiet wisdom is needed here. I think people should make their money. I agree. Well, that's yeah. why I'm on the fence because part of me is like evil corporation. It's in the name evil, yeah. right? So like, obviously if producers and studio execs are making 400 million a year, which is happening on, in a, every major yeah. studio, 
obviously people should be getting paid more. Mm -hmm. I say that as someone who is doing film mostly full time as well, like I feel that, like pay me more. But I just feel like the message has been a little muddied because if you're telling me like, hey, we need some, I don't even want to say regulations on AI because I think AI can be a really useful tool even with art. Like a, I've seen like some animations, like they use AI to do the backgrounds. And I think that's okay. Yeah, especially like uh, our friend Steven talks all the time about how artists are pivoting to sell like resource packs yeah. so that you can use the AI in the resource packs and you're not stealing from anyone. Everyone's getting their residuals, getting the royalties and get paid. Um, and I think that could be a really interesting way to go forward. Yeah. I well, just don't want a bunch of regulations slapped on a, a pretty good tool. But I also, as an artist, I don't want to get cut out of it either, you yeah. know? Well, and I think that's like music did that, right? Like right. you saw, like what, like not producers, like big producers, but music producers, like people who make like music and put it together. Mm -hmm. Like they they pivoted about twenty years ago to selling like like packs, like mm -hmm. music packs. So maybe like maybe the music's been around a lot longer than film. So maybe they should look at music. Yeah. in that industry and how they've Well, I hope things. so. That, yeah, that's yeah. I guess like the music industry hasn't had like that big of a shakeup. Like the, we have AI imagery. Well, yeah, we they have. have Spotify and streaming. Yeah, like, streaming yeah, kind yeah. of still streaming. Cuz I mean, that's why you see like all these musicians now like becoming their like becoming independent artists yeah. by creating their own studio, their own labels mm -hmm. because they can make more money and they can just cut out that middleman. And so, like, and we've already seen that in the film industry. Some, like, every big uh, movie that I've seen with actor who's worthwhile, like Tom Cruise, Brad Pitt, even uh, recently with Margot Robbie, like, and Barbie, like, they become producers yeah. on the movies. Yeah. Which, and, which, to be clear, that's what I envision. Like, I envision when you work with a company, you're pouring into the company because the company is pouring into you yeah. so that mm -hmm. you are building up your own brand as part of the company and the company's doing the same for your brand. It, I don't think it should be like it is now where you just clock in. Yeah. You know? I well, think that on all jobs, honestly, not just film. Well, and you saw that with um, Don't Worry Darling with the Olivia Wilde, yeah. was she was a director? Yeah, she's the director. So she's like the director, but also she has a small role in the movie. Mm -hmm. um, I, and I think that's what's made like, um, that's something that like, Adam Sandler and all these other guys right. who are like just like has more money than Jeff Bezos almost. Tyler Perry. Yeah. Yeah, 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 like they saw that and they're really smart businessmen too to, to say, hey, look, like Adam Sandler's like, I'm just gonna start my own production company, Happy yeah. Madison, and then like and now. And just make garbage for the next 15 years. Yeah, and then like the fun they, garbage. Fun garbage that makes money somehow. Yeah. I don't ask me how. So, but but the real question is, is like, like how, like you talk about the pyramid of like, how do you take care of the people in the middle? Right. I feel like right. they're kind of not. Oh, oh, they not. haven't been. That's the problem. Yeah. yeah, like I'm not sure of like what's the validity of this, but I saw like one actor post on like uh, Twitter or Instagram, like a check they made and it's only like, like $40. Right. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, I've done plenty of gigs where you just get paid like fifty bucks a day or yeah. something. You know. So like, you're getting paid the same as like some like A and B list actors. Yeah. But, and that's ooh. like. But, but <laughs> the problem here is not. It's not really the the production crew, right? That strike. It's not. No, them. it's not the production it's crew. It's the actors. It's well, it's the actors and, and the, the writers. writers guild. But the production crew is also like being dragged into this by the actors guild because. For for good reason, I think, because they're like you said, they're making like pennies on the dollar sometimes. Like yeah. uh, I'll work, uh, you know, I do sound, I do all kinds of stuff on set, and we'll wind up like some days, some shoots you do, you'll do your calculations, and after travel expenses and everything, you sit around going, if I worked at McDonald's this whole time, I'd be making more money. Well, any, possibly any entry point at but McDonald's. like that, and I don't mean to push back on like what you're saying pushback this is what but this like, podcast is about controversy but what about a house like think about a house like say that me and my wife build a house wait and, can you and Tori build a house well like we pay for it like we, oh you pay um, someone to build a house well yeah yeah you like we it. say hey we're not going to buy a house we're going to build the house yeah well you got contractors you got um 
plumbers, uh, carpenters, you got mason work, you got right. car, uh, so like, but every time that house sells, like in the future, like since, since, say we live in the house for 10 years, we pay it off and then we rent it out for the next hundred years, um, you know, whatever. <laughs> One hundred You're gonna years. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, like the Haunted Mansion like, situation. Yeah, yeah, we get like, we're the owners of the house, we're the producers right. of the house, we produce the house, right? And we um, are now making income because we're renting that house out, or we made a bunch of income because we sold the house. But you don't go back and give residuals to the carpenter, the light, lighting people, you see what I'm saying? I mean, that's true, but it's also different where, number one, carpenter's probably making a lot more money than like someone like me. It, it depends. Well, they do make good money. Yeah, like, don't, don't but also wrong. they work more. Like when you look at films, and, and so that's that's why I'm on the fence. It's because like yeah. me as a sound guy, do I need residuals? No, but do I want more pay? Sure. Of you course, know? everybody yeah. wants more money. Sure, sure. Especially in this economy. Well, that's what I'm saying. And when that was one of the demands too of SAG-AFTRA was just a pay increase because of uh, the inflation. Inflation's just high, and uh, that's something that I've I've had discussions with bosses before, and they're like, "Well, we can give you a two percent raise," and it's like, if inflation is at eight percent, and you give me a two percent raise, you're paying me six percent less. Yeah, and I'm not even good at math. Well, the, and, and that's the thing. Like, go back to the NFT thing I was talking about earlier, was that like that's why NFTs were so popular for that quick amount of time because like like people like Beeple who does his dailies and he makes NFTs out of them, like. Like used to when you had art. Like this is why all the artists that are famous died broke. Because they painted a picture like the Mona Lisa and then they sold it. And they Wait, who painted the Mona Lisa? Uh Michelangelo, right? Is that right? Or Did Vinci? he die broke? I don't know. Historians say James. Sound off in the comments. Yeah. Uh well, Van Gogh. Van Gogh. Van Gogh died broke. We yeah, know that. We know that. There's a Doctor Who episode about it. Yeah, yeah. Lost in the so, air. Like beautiful paintings, right? Well, he sold his paintings to someone and he made money off of that. So the whole but then every time the paintings sold and now it's like historical like things. Right. Uh well Van Gogh and his family and if like if I was a descendant of Van Gogh, I don't get Van Gogh money, you know what I mean? Right. But NFTs set up a way that every time that this digital like art was sold, every time a percentage of that sale goes to the original creator. And that's why it was that's why so many digital artists were all about NFTs and they were so popular at the time. And that's yeah, why like they, brief they, six they grew. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why they they grew from like a hundred like a thousand dollar NFT to like next month it was a ten thousand dollar NFT. Right. Well, see, I like the idea of like NFTs, and like Rob always talks about blockchain and how that technology well, blockchain, should be that's used. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, it should be used like what you're saying. So now we work on a film, and every time it it's sold or, or distributed, mm -hmm. whatever, we the residuals are just paid out yeah. through that blockchain. That's what the blockchain's for. Yeah, yeah, but see, the NFTs where you lost me on that was well, it was I, th digital. I think uh, <laughs> I think I miss. I've been. I've been saying NFTs, chain. yeah. Yeah, I mean blockchain. But 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 I think I think you're right about NFTs, and that's why for a brief moment it was really popular. But y'all remember when GameStop started getting into that, and then it just died immediately. <clears throat> I don't know if GameStop killed it or if it just died because it was stupid. Probably both. Probably I don't think both. that. I think there's still. I think the popularity of NFTs went away quickly. Yeah. I think blockchain, I'm a big fan uh, the of. The block, blockchain yeah. is what? I think we should utilize that in a yeah. lot of different things. I think we should too. Like I saw where like all these people got together and created a blockchain and they bought a company and then like they saw their board directors. It's kind of like um, have, it's kind of like stocks and bonds or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, like it's, a, it's a blockchain owned company and you can buy into it and like every time that company sells like or makes money, you get a residual. You yeah. Know? It, I mean, blockchain is just digital stock. Yeah. Well, and so that brings me to another point I wanted to make uh, about the unions. I'm not a huge, I'm not anti-union, but I'm not a huge pro-union guy because if you think about it, these actors have been pay and writers have been paying res not residuals, been paying their dues for years and years, and for a long time, like especially the writers guild, they sh that that 
Union should have done something about the residuals. Yeah, they should have. They should have because Netflix was what? I, I mean... 2000? Well, that's right. the thing. When it started streaming and it became like really popular, I would say 2008 was when I yeah. first noticed it. Because you got to remember, like, you know, Netflix was a DVD service. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I remember our family, like, we didn't have TV my whole middle school, high school career. We had Netflix. But we had, like, go to the mailbox and yeah, get your DVD yeah. Netflix. See, I remember Redbox. You're well, old enough to remember Redbox, right? Redboxes? There's still oh. Redboxes. There's still Redboxes, which yeah. is crazy. Yeah, in Walmart. I've never, like, used one. Oh, really? See, I remember that was uh, easier than internet for a while. Because if you remember, there was a transition, it was brief, from uh, broadband, from dial-up to what we know now as pretty easy Wi-Fi, no, you know, that kind of internet. In between that was, like, when I came up. That was my coming of age, right? So, DVDs. In between Wi-Fi and... Yeah, in between Wi-Fi and the... dial-up. Yeah, and the dial-up. So, but yeah, so like, I, I understand what the unions are doing right here. And for the record, I think I'm for the strike because if you say to me like, hey, we need to address that AI could replace everybody, not just, yeah. <laughs> not just actors, writers, uh, potentially crew members, like, like CGI artists too. CGI artists, coders, yeah. programmers. Yeah, because uh, something with the Flash, like um, Teddy Sears, like I'm not sure if he's suing or not, but like, there was like a quick glimpse of like the classic Jay Garrick flash and it looks like Teddy Sears. And yeah. apparently that was a completely AI generated face. And it's like, wasn't supposed to look like him at all. Yeah, see, so there's a I lot of rumors. I thought it was the guy from the show, right? I don't, it looks exactly like him. Yeah. But so the rumors are that if you analyze that scene a little closer, there are YouTubers that are doing this. You see a lot of hands that are misplaced, like mm. AI art kind of does. Um, so a lot of people are like that whole thing where he's like in the speed vert, what's it called? Like the uh, Chrono Dome or something. Yeah, when he, uh, what? It's a bad movie. Yeah. Uh, and I know y- y'all are thinking y'all haven't reviewed it yet. We're gonna review he it. He was eventually. in the Wheel of Time. When Oprah. he when he's in the Amazon show, um, <laughs> there's a lot of people are saying that's just AI generated. Which here's my thing. I don't think we should stop studios from using AI. I just think they should be a little transparent about it. Because if it's something like that where someone's likeness is used, yeah, that person yeah. probably should get paid. Yeah, and apparently like, he didn't even know he was in the movie, if right. that even is supposed to be him. He showed well, up with his kids, and his kid's like, Dad? And I heard another one. I meant to look up his name, and I did not. But I believe it was a, a, a German guy, funny enough. And here's why it's funny. Uh, he was in a, a game where he was just like some guy that, like a pedestrian, right? So they scan his image, whatever. So the same studio, the same uh, developer, used his image in a Nazi game, and he was one of the Nazi bosses. So now, and it's a German guy, right? So that's why that's funny. So now, so he was tweeting the other day, like, uh, his likeness is being used. He was never told he was in the game. He never received any payment for it. And now he's in a Nazi uniform, and people are are beating him up. He didn't sign up for it. It's the big thing. And he's like, I would have. I would have took that paycheck, but I would have put on the Nazi yeah. uniform. But you know, I would have took a lot of strikes. Is that a Nazi? As a joke. <laughs> Sorry, we're we'll, full of jokes. Today, we'll cut guys. that out. Yeah, no, we won't. No, we're not. <laughs> staying in. Yeah, <laughs> you know what you did. But to me, it's like if we could keep the majors, the majors. I think most people, and I think most people, all on board with the strike. I think I am. Um, I'm definitely all about the. I, you know me, I preach profit sharing a lot. I preach um, owning as much of your own art as you can. But I also understand, like, if I'm a studio exec, I'm trying to do the same. Yeah. Well, that's the thing for is, the for, for me, I see both sides of it. It's like yeah. the producers and the production companies or whatever. Yeah. Um, I guess it's not production companies, but the yeah, people yeah, who, like, pay... The act, studios. Yeah, yeah, the studios. Like, they're looking at the the actors and the writers and it's like, y'all are mad, y'all made a bad business deal? <laughs> well, you know what I mean? I, and I totally get, and I think the union's focusing a little too much, but I get why. They're focusing too much on what the executives get paid, because they get paid like 400 million a year. Meanwhile, writers are not getting anywhere near that. I understand that. But it's also like, I don't care if they're making 400 million. What I care about is that the writers aren't getting paid as much as they probably should. Yeah. That, that I think is the major I think the minor is we don't want that guy to make that much money should he make that much money I don't know well I mean is then, he working 160 hours a week 
probably. I mean, I don't know, you know. Do I think I could be a better studio executive, let's say, I don't know, yep. like DC Comics? 100%, absolutely. Would I run it into the ground? Yes. yes. Would um, we have good movies? Yes. yes. For a brief time. <laughs> Until they fired us. Until they fired us. So I guess that kind of brings us to, speaking of, uh, for a brief time, what the future is going to look like with the strike. What do we think is going to happen? I think, um, I think Hollywood is done. I think it's going to You know, be. there are people that we know that have told us that are a little more inside Hollywood than we are. Because, like, if we're, you know, outside Hollywood, because we are, they're adjacent, right? Mm. They've told us they think this is going to just end Hollywood as we know it. I, and I think that's a good thing. I think I that you're going to see way more independent film companies. Yes. You're going to see way more independent studios like and maybe A24. Some, and maybe some studios that understand what people want to see. Yeah. Because, like, I just mentioned DC Comics. Like, how how wrong can you get these? Yeah. And I saw a thing, like, people are projecting Blue Beetle to bomb. 20 million yeah. right now, as of the recording of this podcast, they're projecting a 20 million opening weekend. Uh, Guess how much it cost? 200 million. 200 million. Yeah. And uh, so I think they they become too big to, uh, to scale. Yeah. Uh, not to fail. They're not too big they're to too fail. Too big to scale. I don't think anything's ever too big to fail. It needs to fail if it's going to fail. I don't think, yeah. and I, there, dude, if. Well, I'm a big fan of like uh, capitalism and free market, like c competition breeds quality. Yeah. So. Well, and I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah, so the idea that the big studios are on their way out, that doesn't really scare me as much as people think. It, like people have told me like that should scare you because that means that if the $200 million movies go away, then these little art house films movies go away too. No, but my no, thing that's is, true. you're we always going to watch something. Yeah. yeah. We just saw that with the movie news. Like, yeah, with A24. And and to be honest, like I'd rather go watch an A24 movie, uh, Wes Anderson movie. Yeah. Um, unless it's Marvel. Like really, like I mean, I'm well, wanna, even I want to like, watch Blue Beetle because I'm interested. After in game, I don't know why I said it like that. In game, <laughs> it, the in game. Uh, I just I've given it a shot. I've tried. I, I went opening night to most of the Marvel stuff after that. It just, it's not as good. So now, like, even Blue Beetle, which I'm mildly excited for, they're dumping it. Yeah. And it just makes me go, mm, do I really want to see it? I do, but um, anyways, it's not about Blue Beetle. but It's um, a little bit about Blue Beetle. Yeah. because it, And here's why. Because, like, when it fails, because it's going to fail. Well, what do they have? Like, there's nothing left. Right. Like, the James Gunn stuff, like, am I excited about that? Not really. Kind of because it's James Gunn, but, like... That only gets me so excited because the Blue Beetle shows me, like, just the way they're handling that, it shows me this is just another Zack Snyder situation where you just put a filmmaker in charge of this whole thing, so he's just going to make the films he wants to make. Zack Snyder, we got some goodies, Man of Steel, Masterpiece, got some baddies, you know. Everything else. Everything else. Um, besides the Snyder cut of yeah. Justice League, that was pretty good. But Batman v Superman, even his cut of that, don't like it, don't like it. But anyways, uh, that was a tangent. But the whole point was, like, they're dumping, like, Blue Beetle, which will probably be a good movie. And then they're going to say, well, I guess people just don't have an interest in Blue Beetle. And that's not true. That's that not true. Like, Blue Beetle is supposed to be the, the Spider-Man, Iron Man of... Yeah. yeah. And that's what kind of happened with Haunted Mansion. They were like, Disney dumped it, and then they're like, well, no one really has an interest in this right now. Yeah, because yeah. you dumped it in July. Well, I think that's not the problem. The problem is... Is the budgets are way too much. One hundred percent. They could have done that movie way cheaper. Oh yeah. Well, and that's the thing too, because like if you think a movie like Haunted Mansion is a good example, because you have a really stacked cast. Well, you're not paying. If if it was a hundred and fifty million dollar movie, which it was, you're not paying a hundred and fifty for your cast. You you might be paying because it's pretty stacked cast. Yeah. You might be paying like twenty to thirty million. I don't know for that kind of cast, which is uh, substantial. After that, what are you paying for? Like, are you really paying another 120 million to build sets and do CG? I just feel like I don't you can know do that what cheaper. That's what I'm saying. Is like I don't know. So here's my insight, and this is, as I said, we're outside of Hollywood, so we're in the great state of Mississippi. So just take that with the grains yeah. of salts uh, when I say from my experience. But from my experience, this is what I've seen: the big movies that are 200 million dollars, they're 200 million dollars because people pad pockets. So you have a movie like Everything Everywhere All at Once, which is $14 million. Yeah. Did everything you could think about doing in a movie. Great. Looked awesome. Great CG, great acting, great cat. Everything's perfect. Great. 
you have something like Haunted Mansion, which is a good movie. We liked it. You know, we just reviewed it. $150 million. How do you explain the discrepancy from what one team can do with $14 million to what one team can do with $150 million? It's because somewhere along the line, someone's getting an extra payday. And that might be what SAG-AFTRA's on about with the executives making so many millions a year. Yeah. So I do think accountability within these studios would be good because when you make a $200 million film, and Black Adam's a really good example too, because um, we talked about this earlier uh, a couple podcasts ago. You make a Black Adam film for $200 million and then expect it to break a billion dollars? Who told you that? Yeah. Well, and that's Who the thing that this? I don't understand is is now you have like the studio has has become this like ultimate hierarchy yeah. over these films when like in the past it used to like like Steven Spielberg like Steven Spielberg would go to a studio which is the same studio he's always used I don't know which one it is but probably Warner Brothers or something yeah and then they'd be like just go be Steven Spielberg and but now you have these people who are like no we gotta like, well, we do this or that. I suppose or? that is the evolution too, because like Zack Snyder, back to him, uh, the studio execs just ran over him, and there, anything that anyone has ever done with X Men besides uh, Brian Singer, they, uh, what, what's his name, the guy that's always, uh, he directed the, um, uh, the last one, the Apocalypse, or Dark right. Phoenix. He direct, Simon Kinberg, Simon yeah. Kinberg. Like he's a studio exec, he just runs over people. Yeah. You know, that's what Josh Trank said happened at Fox when he was doing Fantastic Four. There's a lot of rumors that mm-hmm. that wasn't true, but Simon Kinberg was there. So, like, I think the evolution of what studio executives have become was they used to, like, be the producer and they would, like, you're, you're nurturing this project to life. Yeah. Now they're acting like they're the director. Yeah. Now they're acting like, I am in charge, this is my baby, and if you don't like it, you can get out. Well, then why hire a director? Yeah. And I guess Simon Kinberg tried that. He directed. And he failed miserably. Yeah, Dark Phoenix, and we see how that worked out. So. Yeah. We're all X Men. That was Jennifer Lawrence. That was my. Opinion. That was her. Yeah. Her top tier. Yeah, we're all. X Men. Uh, what was it? Can I? X- is that what that's it? X Men. Can I go now? Can, can I, I die? just kill my character? <laughs> <laughs> Literally, that was her destiny. Was can I just die? Yeah, sure. Uh, and I'm still getting paid for this, right? Yeah, but no residuals. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. and, and maybe that's why. Like, <laughs> I, I feel like, I feel like there has been a shift in movies in the past five, ten years, mm-hmm. where it used to, like, actors really like drove the box office. Yes. And but now it's more like directors drive the box office. Well, and really marketing is way more complex than it's ever been because you have a movie like Sound of Freedom that its main marketing was we have three days to get this movie out. And, of course, now it's been out for months and it's made more than Mission Impossible 7, which is crazy, right? It's actually grossed more than Mission Impossible 7. But their marketing campaign, they just kind of, they skipped the middleman and they were just like, we just want everyone to see this. So they just gave out tickets. And they actually made money from giving out free tickets. That... Hollywood, maybe you should copy that. Also, they made something that uh, people wanted to see, but people didn't necessarily knew they wanted to see, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, whenever you think of like, all these Batmans and all these Supermans that are being made, just being cranked out, like, do they ever think, like, what do people want to see that they have not seen yet? Because I feel like they're not asking themselves that anymore. They're just like, oh, we have Batman, we can do Batman. Because people want to see Batman. But it's like, but what do they really want to see? Because we've seen it, but what do we really want to see? What do we want? Well, and they and, don't care. And, I mean, what what are the... Um, what's the last movie besides everything, everywhere, all at once? I'm trying to think of the last movie other than that that was just like an original concept. There, there's a fair amount, but they're smaller budget yeah. little things. And most of them, like... Taika Waititi, I was a huge fan. All his films, original concepts. I get, well, they might be based on books. I don't know. But they're, they're so unique and they're so good. Wes Anderson does the same thing where they're so unique. and I, I don't know if they're so good, but they're so unique. Um, but now it's like even the, the newest Wes Anderson movie, Asteroid City, it, that felt more like a studio-produced thing. And then everything Taika's done in Marvel, I'm sorry. Even though I like Ragnarok, it, just, it doesn't feel like him anymore. It's wow. not his style. I guess Jordan Peele. 
Like his movies are original and they feel original. Yeah, I think that's like the epitome for me. It's like, I think that's what we need to pivot to because yeah. he you know, was an actor that did his own thing. Now he's the studio. Yeah, and he has his own uh, production company, uh, Monkey, Monkey Paw. Paw. Yeah. yeah, Monkey Paw. Yeah. And, and they're doing, so far, three goodies. Yeah. So, I mean, that's yeah, pretty they, good. they've done a good job. But you see how that's the shift. Like Adam Sandler's done it, Tom Cruise has done it. Yeah, I just it. think now Adam Jordan Sa Hill's Sandler, doing it. like, like Adam Sandler and Tom Cruise are bad examples because they've done it within studios. You know, like they've done their own production studios, but like Billy Mad, is it Billy Madison? Uh, Happy Madison. Happy Madison. That's a movie, Billy Madison. <laughs> Happy Madison like works almost well right now exclusively with Netflix, right? Well, right now, yeah. Yeah, right just now, just like Chappelle does too. Right, right, yeah. but like Monkey Paw, they just kind of do their own thing and then like. Paramount or whoever it is, Universal uh, distributes for them. But I think I think that's that's like Adam Sandler's, like that's his idea of retirement. Like it is. He just goes know? on vacation, but he brings the camera crew and all his friends with him. <laughs> He's like, hey, Jen, you want to come make a movie? He's like David Spade, <laughs> Rob Schneider, Kevin James. Y'all just want to do a Pac-Man. Five movie? different phones for each one of his yeah, friends. Yeah, well, all at once too. They're all landlines for some reason. <laughs> Um, so recently I got called, I, I've been wearing these like uh, collar shirts, like polo shirts for work, and someone said I look a lot like Adam Sandler. So. You look nothing like Adam Sandler. In my biopic, the biopic they make about me, please cast Adam Sandler. <laughs> He'll probably be 80 years old, but <laughs> I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. But yeah, so that kind of, uh, it, it just in conclusion, like my opinion of the strike is I think it's something that should have happened a long time ago. Yeah. Like as far as, if we're talking the two things that we've been harping on, the AI and the residuals, I think that should have already been dealt with. And so the fact that we're dealing with it and maybe the industry is taking a pivot towards indie stuff, I think that's good. I think that's good too. That's good. I think it's gonna um, suck when we don't have anything to watch in a year though. Okay. Which is not our fault. Well, yeah. and here's the thing, I will have stuff to watch yeah. because we make stuff. Yeah, we make, stuff. we make stuff. You have us to watch. Now. You have us to watch. And so. plus, I gotta catch up on like Lost and things I never watched. See, well, that's my thing. Is like, how many shows do you, you're like, oh, I really want to watch American Born Chinese. Like, I want to watch that because Michelle Yao's in it. I don't want to watch that. I kind of want to watch that. I'm never gonna get to it. I, I thought you made that. Now you'll have. No, it's a, it's a real show. <laughs> I just, I just saw it last night. And I was like, I should watch, start watching that. I did not. Um, well, so, but I, I will. You know, I want to. We got time for last thought. Yeah, yeah, last thought. So, so last thought, um, like Adam, you remember the guy Adam, uh, Adam. ruins everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like been like the main voice I've seen yeah. on the the strike. Adam and, Conover. Yeah, he was talking about how like Netflix lied about their business model and was like, oh, this is gonna be the future and all this stuff, and he got all these studios to like. When they entered into the um, industry, like it just changed the industry for this bad thing. And I was like, dude, I think you're just profiting off of like your radicalism and all this. Well, yes, but also I wonder if he, he there's some truth in that because like it's a pyramid scheme, which yeah. means unless you keep getting more people in subscribing, it will fall eventually. Yeah. So I do wonder if like 50 years from now, uh, what it's gonna look like, if it's back to theaters mostly, if that's the big thing. If like Disney Plus, Paramount Plus, Peacock Plus, all this stuff might not exist because yeah. they're finding out. Oh, that's something I wanna bring up too, which we can do real quickly because we're running out of time. But uh, what Disney's doing with the shows that no one's watching on Disney Plus and how they're taking the tax write-off, kind of like yeah. Warner Brothers did with Batgirl or Batwoman? Yeah. Batgirl. 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 Batwoman was the show that yeah. exists, unfortunately. Yeah. Batgirl doesn't exist, for, unfortunately, I don't know. I'd say unfortunately. Michael Keaton was in it. Brendan Fraser is in it. Brendan Fraser, Michael Keaton. Yeah. And my, thing, my biggest stance has always been, even if it's a hot, stinking turd, it's art and it's lost now. And if you think about it, like in the 60s, we kind of had the same thing happen where Hollywood was on the decline. All they had was like remakes, reboots, and sequels, and no one cared. So no now. One them. Yeah, so, so like it's a repeat of history. Well, during that time, a lot of studios got rid of footage, got rid of shows. Uh, a lot of like accidents happened, studio fires. 
we lost a lot of art from that time, and Doctor Who is a good example where a lot of episodes, about 100 episodes or so, are missing because of a studio fire, and they got rid of the backups because they thought they'd never re-release it. Well, thank God for, the, in Brazil, there was this, um, I actually met a guy that went to this Brazilian uh, TV studio that had closed down like in the 80s, but they had all their film canisters still sealed away, and they had bootlegged episodes of Doctor Who, and they were rerunning it in Brazil, like in the 80s after it had already been done, right? So because pirates and Brazilian pirates had preserved it, we have a couple more episodes of Doctor Who that were lost forever. So I think, what, what I say all that to say this, we're gonna be living in that era again where when we look back 50 years from now, we're gonna be like, hey, there's a lot of content that you can't find anymore. A lot of art that has been lost. And I think that's a shame. Mm -hmm. I just hope there's some Brazilian yeah. pirates. It, it, it reminds me of uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Because I said pirates. Well, like every historical artifact that's pulled out of the ocean between, uh, in real life, between 1900 to 2020 <laughs> is either by James Cameron or pirates. That's fair. <laughs> I mean, I have no idea what you just meant. Is that a, is that a metaphor? I'm talking about like... Is it know. a metaphor? It's a metaphor for um, for uh, pirates going down to the ocean and getting things. I regret saying the word pirates because now Zach's just <laughs> stuck on pirates. We're not talking about Johnny Depp? No. Oh. No, not, not today. Okay, Zach? Not today. <sighs> so before we get Zach a hospital, which we will do very soon, um, I'm gonna tell you a little bit about the Soto Arts Institute. That's what the sign is behind me. We teach filmmaking to the next generation and we're all about raising up the next generation of filmmakers. So if you like this content and you wanna support what we do here in our short films and our, our whole program we got going on, there's a little uh, link here you can click on. Think about uh, donating today. And uh, make sure you comment and let us know what you want us to talk about next. Because uh, this is just something I want to talk about because it's pretty prevalent right now. Yeah. And I wanted to give my opinion on it, you know? Yeah, and if y'all like this discussionary uh, form of the podcast, then, like, we may do more of that. Yeah. Know? There's a lot of things we can discuss. <laughs> We're discussing. Are you okay? <laughs> Zach is discussing yeah. over there. He Disgust. really is. Disgust. <laughs> so, uh, real quick, before we go, um, what you watching? That's a segment we haven't done like we did once, and now we're bringing it back. So, Zach, what you watching? Think about it. I just it. watched the quarter. Like, I've been watching Quarterback on uh, Netflix. Oh. It's uh, follows. It's like last season. Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. No, it's football. <laughs> uh, Patrick Mahomes, Kirk Cousins, and Marcus Mariota, and uh, it's pretty cool. It's like I've kind of been watching more documentary things. Well, I think you're maturing. I'm maturing in your old a, age as a viewer. Um, yeah. Like I don't know, I'm, I'm really into that right now. Um, I'm also watching the Orville. You only get one. <laughs> <laughs> the Orville, which you you talk about quite a, quite often. I don't think I've talked about it on the podcast. I, I would just put every clip. But it's good. You like it? I think it's fine. Like it's something. <laughs> like it's fine. That's fair. It's very like I don't know if it's woke or if it's not woke. It's funny. So is it in that Family Guy way where it's like yeah, it could yeah. go either way? You know? <laughs> it's like uh, um, like one of the guys on it, Boris, is like the command, like one of the officers, and like in their culture they like they're just all males. Like their species is all males. So obviously. They marry male. I don't know how the the reproduction works, but right, right. The uh, science is yeah. out of that one. And then like it's weird because like there was the most recent episode I watched. He was like addicted to um, virtual um, uh, graphic things, uh, and so and he got a virus on the ship because <laughs> he was he was downloading it into the uh, simulator and. Uh, it's really funny, but they're like, it's real bad. Like, you can't be doing that. And that's, like, not a woke thing. I, I think you're right. I, that's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. is that woke or is that yeah. not woke? Because, uh, I mean, they're like, like, they're li literally talking about, like, how it's, like, disrupted to his relationship. Wow. And, and, but then, and then they're like, at the end of the episode, they're like, oh, yeah, we got to send two people to the planet. Uh, one of them's an AI guy, like a robot, and then... Oh, we'll send you, and you're probably going to die. 
I, I didn't finish the episode, yeah. but um, Watch so we'll he dies see. In that episode. <laughs> yeah, he may die in that episode. Yeah. But it's like it started out as like your your marriage is suffering because of your addiction, and now your addiction has called a virus on the plane or on the ship, and now like oh, go to this planet and die. <laughs> you got a ninety percent chance of dying, so it's like you have an addiction. Now go die. Yeah, yeah. it's just weird like that. So I'm not gonna watch the Orville. Okay, cool, cool, good to know. Uh, Lewis, what, what you watching? Uh, I did the Barbenheimer experience. Barbie and Oppenheimer back to back. Changed your life? For something. For something. Yeah. Well, like, I, and then I like that because, like, like, if you do the Barbenheimer experience, you see this 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 movie about like the human experience. Yeah. Then you see a movie about a guy that made a bomb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, so we are going to do a full-fledged review on Barbie. I know no one's watching this far anyway, so it doesn't matter, but just real quick, and I'll, we'll do it again when we do the review. Beautiful. Real quick, I have to ask. I'm going to ask one question to both of these gentlemen about Barbie, and we'll just, we're going to gauge their reaction, okay? So, gentlemen, is Barbie woke? Yep. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll get into that in our review. I, I know what you're saying. Why are you wait, making us wait like six months for a review of Barbie? I don't know, yeah. but... Well, you'll the, get it. The white women you have haven't to even wait. seen it. Though. The white women have to wait. I haven't seen it. Okay, because here's why. When it, the trailers came out. You were out, in Puerto Rico when it came I out. I was in Puerto Rico, so I didn't get it. And, and if you don't know anything about Puerto Rico, they do have movie theaters. <laughs> they have movie theaters. So funny enough, uh, this goes to what we were talking about earlier. We were right next door to a red carpet of Blue Beetle when we were there. And so I was at this restaurant. I go outside the restaurant in the mall area to go to the bathroom. I see this red carpet. I'm like, this is cool. So I pull out my phone, start taking pictures. I'm like, I want to see George Lopez. That's the only one I care about. This one. And I'm looking, and all the people on the red carpet, I don't recognize at all. And then I thought, oh, yeah, we're in a strike. No one on the red carpet. So I don't know if they just did like, it's a like red all carpet. the cameramen. I guess it's just the studio execs, like the producers, just like, I guess it's James Gunn out there, like, <laughs> like being hey like, hey, I would point at George Lopez, but he's not here, you know. So I just hope they have a trampoline in Blue Beetle. In life. In life. For George Lopez. But yeah, so I will get the Barbie experience. But as I started asking around, is it woke? Most people say what Lewis says. And then Zach could watch it for yourself. I don't think it was woke. We'll I see. think it was a beautiful movie. Um, yeah. I did come. I did come out of the movie with my wife, and then there's another couple standing there, and his he was taking a picture of his wife in front of the poster, and I just like he had this long face. Like I was like, <laughs> I, just, I just walked by did, and was like, "You got this, man." Did Tori cry? I cried. Uh, all the I, white I women cry. Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen that many white women unified before. Was scary. Yeah, that's fair. Tori wore all black. Well, to Barbie. Really? I saw yeah. everyone was wearing pink except for me. Yeah, Tori don't, don't like. We don't, we're not wearing pink. You didn't dress up for it. <laughs> I had a. I wore this yeah. exact thing. Yeah, yeah. I wore a black button up for uh, Oppenheimer. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I thought you wore funeral clothes for Barbie. <laughs> no, I I've heard like mixed things. I've heard you know it's whatever, but I will see it. I will make you. And listen we will to my review it. On it. Yes. I was gonna review it, but no. But no, you, you, gotta you must wait. wait. You must wait. Yeah, you yeah. gotta wait for white people, black panthers. So yes, the strike. <laughs> so okay, we do gotta say that one more time though. What, it's you, white women's black panther, hundred percent. Which is true. That's just true. Yeah. I'm sorry. I mean, <laughs> Barbie forever. What? <laughs> someone. <laughs> Barbie forever. Someone is gonna be like, that's racist. Hills down, down folks. That's all. Like, they have our own white women down. Wakanda. Yeah, that's literally <laughs> white women Wakanda. Yeah. Yeah. Can't bring the patriarchy there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. What back saying, to the one strike. Point, yeah. Back to the strike. Yep. I didn't hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hate that it has to happen, but I do think it has yeah. to happen. I love it. <laughs> so what's the plot of the... The plot is we need people. We need your money. <laughs> give us money so we can give them money. Yes, yeah, so I should have said that in my plug. Like, if y'all just want to support indie, and notice I didn't say indie productions, just support us, man. Yeah. That's all you got to do. Indie, because we have. We will 100% make better stuff than yeah. DC Comics is doing. <laughs> yeah, we're we're indie filmmakers uh, with a capital I because, as my mom used to tell me, I is important. I is smart. <laughs> Please hire my me. My mom never told me that actually. 
Yeah, his mom, he doesn't know who his mom is. Actually. I do know who my mom is. So if you're Zach's mom, <laughs> I love my us, mom. please, uh, wherever you are. <laughs> All I right, that's you. the podcast, guys. Yeah. So thank are we you. doing comment before? Oh, we should do the comment, yes. All right, this comment is from one special little guy, Ryan McCafferty. Never heard of him. On our... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love Ryan. I love Ryan. We all love he gives Ryan. me chicken. He's our biggest fan. I just yeah. want you to know. Y'all, he, y'all can't lose our biggest fan. He left a thesis on our podcast. The uh, we watched the worst movies. Yeah, yeah. So uh, give us just the highlight sentence of that. Uh, I mean, the he's best only thing. watched a couple movies from the list, uh, and he gave us his opinion on all of them in a paragraph MLA format. I'm not reading With all references. that, Ryan. Yeah. Well, so if you want to see Ryan's thesis statement, go to yeah. that worst one. I'll do a card or something right there. But and if there are any like English majors or English teachers that are subscribed to us, grade them, grade it, grade them, and judge them harshly. I yeah, actually I have a minor it. in English. That's the funniest thing about <laughs> everything. If you want to think about you, is that you're going to watch us grade Ryan's research yeah, paper? Yeah. There was no work cited sheet. Like it's bad. Yeah. So, all right. Well, that's now that's the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So thank y'all for watching. We digressed. Bye. Yeah. Adios. Bye.